Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time i guess we're going to talk about these inflation numbers that's coming up today an update on the disgusting perversion in the Biden administration. We're going to rank French fries. All that's coming up tonight on I'm Right. Well, this sucks. <laughs> the inflation numbers. It's not, a, it's not a bright way to put a spin on this. You know what they are by now. It's the end of the day. 9.1%, worse than 41 years. You know the numbers by now. Fuel oil, 100%. 100%. Gas up 60, flights up 34, eggs 33, milk 16, coffee 16, cars 11, meat, poultry, fish 10.4. All, all while hourly earnings are down 3.6. And it is funny that we do have inflation because, gosh, I distinctly remember really, really smart people like Janet Yellen and, and Jerome Powell, all these Ivy League degrees, they were saying things to us like this. Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I, I think there's a small risk, and I think it's manageable. I believe it's transitory, but I don't mean to suggest that these pressures will disappear in the next month or two. I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. I really do not expect that we'll be in a situation where inflation rises to trouble, troubling levels. Inflation is likely to take longer to return to our price stability goal than previously expected. Man, it's almost like the experts aren't experts at all. Joining me now, my friend Carol Roth, recovering investment banker and author of the book, The War on Small Business. And Carol, before we get into today, I think that that's probably an appropriate place to start. The War on Small Business. Because here's what I see a lot of today, Carol, and I got to be honest, it really grinds my gears. I see a lot of politicians and pundits on the right 
who were all about printing money by the trillion back in 2020, $2.2 trillion CARES Act, almost universally passed by everybody. And today, everybody and their brothers saying it's all Joe Biden's fault. Carol, is this all Joe Biden's fault? You know, it's funny. Um, I hate to say I told you so. No, actually, I really love it. But I told you so. I mean, we've been talking about this for multiple years. Uh, this yeah. started with the idea, as we've talked about before, that you could somehow power cycle an economy like you were power cycling a modem and that that wouldn't have any issue, that the Fed could just do emergency support even when the markets were hitting record highs, that Donnie dollars were going to somehow um, you know, not be something that you would eventually have to pay for. So all of this was really started you know, before Biden got into office. What he did is he came in and poured fuel on the fire, no pun intended, um, with his wonderful policy decisions. So there was an opportunity to correct course and we still would have had some elevated level of inflation, but it would be a lot more manageable than it was today. But of course he had to put his mark on things. He did not roll, you know, roll back anything that the Fed was doing. And you know, now we've got this, this you know, horrendous scenario that was not only entirely preventable, but entirely predictable. And going to the clip that you showed when we first started, you know, Yellen, in between her time as Fed chair and Treasury secretary, made $7.2 million giving economic speeches for somebody who couldn't see inflation coming. So how do we get in on this gig, Jesse? Because obviously we know a little bit more than she does based on what's been happening. Let's get some of that sweet speech cash. Can we do that? Yeah, I mean, it, I get you know what? That's a really good point. Companies like Goldman Sachs shelling out seven million dollars to hear from that idiot. I'll do that. I'll do it for half, Goldman. Five. All right, you I'll, know what? I on got, this I'll point, put five out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, we'll we'll, we'll tag team them. All right, Perfect. Carol. Before we get to where we're going, I, I do want to ask a different question in a different way about where we're going. I have long contended that the inflation we're seeing now, yes, obviously made worse by O'Biden, but by Biden. O'Biden's actually probably a good way to put it. <laughs> I have long contended the, the inflation we're seeing now was actually inflation that was caused before he took office. And because he got in and made everything worse, we actually haven't really seen Biden's inflation yet, and that's still to come. I know that's a little dark, a little cynical, but am I wrong? So I guess it depends how you're calculating it. Um, you know, when we look at the inflation numbers, they're based on a year over year increase. So anything that we've had in the past is already sort of baked in. And so, yes, you may um, in the future have Biden's inflation and it may be a lower top line year over year increase that we're seeing now. But that is on top of all of the inflation that we've already been seeing for like, you know, well over a year now. Um, so you know, from that perspective, yeah, I mean, that none of this is going away. We have a supply constrained economy. We are constrained from a labor standpoint. We are constrained from an energy standpoint. We are constrained from a housing standpoint. We are constrained from a food standpoint. We are constrained from an other commodities standpoint. And the idea that somehow, you know, these things, these, these you know, raising rates and all that is going to somehow fix those issues. These are long term structural issues. You know, whatever is happening with oil and gas right now, we're still under investing. You know, long term, that is going to continue to be an issue. And that flows again, no pun intended, throughout the entire economy and is going to continue to put upwards pressure. So the idea that we're going to somehow get back to 2% inflation without completely blowing up the economy in some sort of you know extended recession. Um, I, I just don't fundamentally see how that's possible. Carol, I, interest rates. Obviously, as you have taught us so many times, the Fed has to raise interest rates to try to restrain inflation in some way. Otherwise, we're going to have hyperinflation. It's going to get ridiculous. They've already jacked up rates a lot. People are already hurting. Do they have to keep jacking up rates? Can they stop doing that now? Or are we just absolutely turbo screwed from every direction? Okay, so you have to under understand that before the Great Recession financial crisis in 2007, in the Fed fund target interest rate was like somewhere around 
five plus percent. So they took the last like decade and a half almost and brought us down to 0.0.25%, which has been brought up a little bit, but nowhere near where it has been historically. So we've had this artificial suppression of interest rates, which has done all of this distortion in the economy, has transferred wealth from Main Street to Wall Street. So, uh, you know, in terms of them normalizing it, like long term is probably a good thing, but what's gonna happen is that they're going to go, wow, we're in a panic mode. You know, we set these houses on fire. Now we need to look like we're doing something. So they are gonna raise the interest rates at you know, a very quick clip. Um, they're gonna put us into a recession and then they're gonna go, oh, we're in a recession now. Wow, employment's creeping up again. We probably need to cut rates. We need to stop letting them play God with the economy. They are centrally screwing with all of us and it is not, you know, doing anything for the little guy other than taking away their wealth. The people who are well connect, connected, who have the money, they love this. They're like vulture capitalists. They can wait for everything to tank. They can buy things at pennies on the dollar and wait for it to be reinflated again. They're gonna make out like bandits and that's on the backs of the average Americans who are going to just keep getting screwed. Carol, you, you said keeping interest rates artificially low transfers money from Main Street to Wall Street. Sure. Can you dumb that down for yeah. me so I can understand? <laughs> of course I can. Well, boys and girls, um, <laughs> when, you keep, when you keep interest rates artificially low, if you think about somebody who is a saver or a retiree, they're looking to keep their money safe, right? They want, don't want to take risks. And so normally they would put that in the bank, they'd earn a couple of percent interest, and hopefully that would you know kind of keep up with the standard of living. What was done is that that was taken away from them. It was it was taken you know down to a, a very you know small percentage of anything, a fraction of a percent, and all of this cheap capital was then given to these big corporations who went out and used it to buy up more assets, to compete with you for your home, to compete with small businesses, to raise their valuations. So it inflated the asset prices of the people who are already wealthy or well-connected, but if you were somebody who's just trying to, to get by to save, you didn't have the ability to participate in that, in order to try to, to participate in that, to try to keep up your standard of living, um, you would have to take on more risk to even come close, and certainly we know in terms of the, the benefit of taking on extended debt, that the, the larger you are, the more benefit you're gonna derive from that. So that is just a direct wealth transfer. And we've seen that in terms of the numbers um, in 2020. And then you know now that the, the bubble's coming down, you know as of sometime in June, people have lost over $3 trillion in their retirement savings account. So those all those people who ah. tried to keep up didn't, they're gonna get frustrated, they're gonna move away, and then these people who have that, that long-term viewpoint and have the, the staying power are gonna pick up more stuff at a bargain and see that inflated again, wealth transfer. Golly. Look, I'm married, I know all about long-term debt. Carol Roth, go buy her book, The War on Small Business. Thank you, Carol, I appreciate you. All right, we have an interesting rumor going around. You do remember a while ago, gosh, I think it was back in April, I predicted something on the show. I told you I didn't think Joe Biden would last very long after the midterms. He's become a liability. You can't kick him out really before the midterms. It looks too chaotic. You gotta ride him out through the midterms and then boop, kick him on out the door. Health reasons or something like that, he'll have to resign. I want to know what John Phillips thinks about that. We're going to talk to my friend John Phillips about that and much, much more next. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, let's talk about health right now. On top of everything else, health care has actually gotten a lot more expensive. I know my kid just had to have something done on his foot, and the wife and I, when we got the receipt, we were just about fell out of our chairs. Brutal, right? Eden Pure Thunderstorm is a way to keep your family healthier. It's more than just making your house smell clean or more than just, I mean, look, it got, it got rid of my allergies for me. And all that stuff's wonderful, right? I like a clean smelling house and I like not having allergies. It kills viruses and mold in your air. We've never had such a clean bill of health as a family. 
maybe avoiding the doctor's office with these prices is probably a good thing right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE. That gets you $200 off a three-pack of these things. Keep one where you sleep and your general living area. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they Read don't. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in no, 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. I love how he's just such a jerk, and he's always been such a jerk, and any time he gets asked something, it's, it comes out. You guys are all the same. <laughs> all right, joining me now, my friend John Phillips of the great John Phillips Show on KABC in Los Angeles. John it's not exactly news. I've been saying this for months. Other people have been saying it too. I think he gets pushed out the back door after the midterms. Pre-midterms probably looks too chaotic. After the midterms, everyone knows he's a millstone around the neck of Democrats. But it's not a small thing to push out the president. Am I stupid? Well, at this point, they're not even trying to hide it. You have Mayor Pete, who's essentially on the Sunday shows running for president. You have Gavin Newsom running ads in the state of Florida, who is essentially running for president. You have Kamala Harris sending her people out saying that she's unhappy about Gavin Newsom spending money in Florida because it's obvious that she's running for president, too. It reminds me of, of what happens when you have a greedy family that's all having Thanksgiving dinner over at the Patriarch's house. And they're not even being coy about what they want when the guy finally rolls a seven. Like, I remember at one point, uh, <laughs> my mom was over at my house and she was cooking one of those holiday meals. And she goes, uh, where do you keep your fine china? And I go, at your house until the reading of the will. And that's pretty much what's <laughs> happening right now in the Democratic Party. All right. All right. So, John, game this out for me. As far as the powers that be, I'm talking about the big tech guys, the, the, the big money people who obviously control the Democratic Party. It's how they ran everyone out of the primary last time so everyone could get behind Papa Joe. If Joe Biden really doesn't run, if he gets pushed out, which I think he will, where do you, where do you think they align? I mean, surely they don't go with Dome, right? She's terrible. Uh, maybe, but butt gig, do they go with the rear admiral? Uh, it's actually going to be a free-for-all. I mean, you're going to have all of these candidates and more throwing their hat into the ring. Uh, and I don't think there will be a front-runner. Uh, Gavin Newsom certainly thinks it's going to be him. Uh, Kamala Harris thinks she is entitled to it. And anyone who, who who decides to run against her will, I'm sure, be sexist and racist and, and any number of other things. Uh, but this is, is almost the worst-case scenario for the Democratic Party power brokers because they won't have control over the process. They won't have control over who's going to be the nominee. In fact, we don't even necessarily know that it's going to be Iowa going first and New Hampshire and Nevada and South Carolina. They're talking about changing that entire calendar because those states, those early voting states aren't diverse enough for them. So you throw in a big state to start off the process. You start with California, you start with Illinois, New York. That's going to change the type of candidate that you end up with. It's not going to be like Jimmy Carter going to Iowa and winning there and then picking up some steam and eventually ending up with the nomination. It's going to be a very, very, very different scenario for them. 
Okay, well, let's game plan this out, and please feel free to shoot down any of these thoughts I have going through my head. But if you say they're going to go with places like South Carolina, California, okay, South Carolina's black. you got to have the black vote to win the Democratic primary there. That's why Joe Biden went for Clyburn so hard last time, got Clyburn on his side. Clyburn fits his, uh, flips the switch, Joe Biden's the nominee. you got to get the black vote in South Carolina. California, I don't even know what kind of vote you people get out there. But I do know this. Dome isn't going to get a vote in California. Everyone hates her there, even though she's from there. And the rear admiral's not going to get a vote in South Carolina because he's gay. He's very gay. And I don't care that that offends people. That's a big deal in the black community. That's why he struggled so bad last time. He was out there drinking 40s with people out of, out of brown paper bags. You remember. So assuming Dome and Pete are gone, maybe you disagree with me there, is it Newsom? Well, he hopes that it, it's him, but you're you're 100% right. The voters that determine who is the Democratic nominee, by and large, are the most reliable Democratic voters who are older black voters. Older black voters were the ones that chose Joe Biden last time around. They had an opportunity to go for Kamala. They passed on her. Uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg didn't have any support at all in that community, so it wasn't him. It might not be one of these names that we're talking about right now. It might be someone that comes out of nowhere. Typically, when Democrats nominate someone who's next in line, they lose. That's what happened to Walter Mondale. Uh, that's what happened to John Kerry. That's what happened to Al Gore. When they have candidates that do really well, they're candidates that a year before the process started, no one had ever heard of. Who'd ever heard of Bill Clinton before 1992? Who'd ever heard of Barack Obama before 2008? They just came out of nowhere and they captured the imagination of the Democratic Party and they were able to essentially be in the water when the wave hit. John, Jill Biden has struggled with the old Spanish language quite a bit and now she's uh, <laughs> calling people tacos. Here's some video for you, John. It's faith in each other. Anything is possible. So say it with me. See, say Padre. The future is ours. <laughs> with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful <laughs> as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. One. Calling somebody a breakfast taco is not an insult. I know I'm supposed to sign on for that. <laughs> breakfast tacos are the greatest thing ever. I wish someone would call me a breakfast taco, too. Jill Biden, they sure put her out there a lot. Now, one, I don't like her being out there because she's first lady. No one elected her. But at least I could understand them doing it because Joe can't talk and you have to have some kind of face in the administration. But she sucks, too. Oh, yeah. She's no better than the rest of them. But I do look forward to her emerging nickname, El Diablo Blanco, which I think is <laughs> really going to pick up in Spanish-speaking community. Uh, no, but like every poll shows that they're having huge trouble right now with Latino voters. Think about the optics of what just happened. And I, I thought what she said was funny. I don't think it was that particularly offensive. Um, but I have a very thick skin for the, that sort of thing. But if you look at the materials that they presented at that conference, it was the Latin X inclusion with the, the X in, in the words, and they made sure to put that out there time and time and time again. That to them, what was important to show that they are woke, that they are progressive, that they are down with the left wing of the Democratic Party. And as they stress the fact that this is a Latinx event, she goes out there and compares all of them to tacos. So <laughs> if you're someone who's just there and you don't call yourself, I live in Southern California. I grew up with a bunch of Mexicans. I grew up with a bunch of Hispanics. I have never once heard any of them refer to themselves as Latinx. They're Latino, they're Hispanic, they're Mexican, they're whatever. I've never heard Latinx actually spoken by an actual Latin person. So they will kick you off the internet if you refer to a trans person by their dead name. That's happening right now with Elliot Page, Ellen Page, uh, where people are getting in trouble on the internet. So the argument there is you have to refer to them by the name that they want to be called. And if you don't do that, you're being insulting, you're being insensitive. Yet the Latino community does not want to be called Latinx, 
But instead of applying that same logic to them, they go, oh, no, no, no. We don't care what you want to be called. This is what you're going to be called. And this is what we're going to call you repeatedly, even at your own <laughs> functions. And it's unbelievably insulting. And it doesn't come across to them, to the Bidens of the world, as being insulting. But imagine being one of those people who's sitting there and she's calling you something that you don't refer to yourself as and they know better so you have to sit there and listen to dr jill biden and your liberal white overlords to know how you should be referring to yourself john is this something that's going to stick because you're gonna have to forgive me if i don't appreciate the great irony in democrats purposely opening the border for decades so they can flood the country with hispanics thinking those hispanics would vote democrat their entire lives only to call them all Latinx and alienate everyone they just imported into the country and turn them into Republicans. Is this something that lasts? Well, it's going to cause huge resentment with the leaders of the Democratic Party because they think that, that Latino voters owe them their vote for all of eternity. And the reality is, is that Latino people think more like blue-collar whites than they do like Barbara Streisand. But they thought that they would vote like Barbara Streisand, and that was part of the wink-wink nod and that they all had with one another. And now that it's clear that Latino voters are perfectly happy thinking for themselves, that's causing Democratic heads to explode. And keep in mind also, they just redid all the district lines for all these congressional races and state legislative races. And the entire math that the Democrats use depends on, on Latinos block voting for Democratic candidates in perpetuity. If Latino voters start voting Republican or start voting for other candidates other than the preferred ones of the Democratic Party, that screws up their entire math for a decade. So this is beyond just an annoyance. This could be catastrophic for them. Man, we really might be, as my buddy Steve Day say, we might be facing an extinction-level event for these people. It's going to be fantastic. John Phillips of The John Phillips Show. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for having me. All right, we've got some updates on how the whole abortion Roe versus Wade overturning stuff on how, that, on how all that's going. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But we talked about prices in the beginning of the show, meat prices specifically. What if I could get you two pounds of the best burger you've ever eaten in your life for free? And actually, there's more than that. What if you didn't have to stress about meat prices going up again next month and then up again the month after that and the month after that and the month after that. What if you could lock in your meat prices? So I can get you two pounds of the best burger you've ever had, American Wagyu burger. Oh, they're so good. Or, or not or, and I can lock in your meat prices. Good Ranchers, American company of patriots, U.S. meat. We're talking beef. We're talking their pre-marinated chicken. You've got to try it seafood and you your price is locked in for the lifetime of your subscription you don't ever have to pay more you have to go to goodranchers.com slash jesse and sign up subscribe you lock in your meat prices you get two pounds of free beef how about that free ground beef you you're gonna enjoy it goodranchers.com slash jesse we'll be back Can we put away the lie now that Democrats or people on the left are pro-choice? We've heard that word for so long, pro-choice this and pro-choice that. No, you've seen it. You've seen their real face in the wake of Roe versus Wade being overturned. They're pro-abortion. They love baby murder. You know what crisis pregnancy centers are, right? They are places where scared young women who maybe have made a mistake, don't know what to do, they can walk in the door of a crisis pregnancy center and free of charge, they can get things like ultrasounds. They get help with adoption, baby clothes, diapers, baby formula. These are just welcoming places that take young women and help them through a very difficult, scary time in their lives. And they do this, I, I wanna emphasize this again, free of charge. It's just the most wonderful thing in the world a crisis pregnancy center, just people who give. I want you to listen to this person. This person is a monster. In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there 
to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help, outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. Shut down crisis pregnancy centers? What level of demonic are we dealing with here? And yeah, I, I didn't say that word out of turn. There's, I don't have another way to put it. If you want to, I don't care about, I don't care if you're as pro-life as I am or not. If you look at a crisis pregnancy center just there to help, the people who work in these places are saints, and you say, I need to shut this thing down, you're a monster, an actual monster in human form. What is wrong with these people? And did you know, you probably don't know because the media won't report it, did you know that pro-abortion activists are vandalizing and firebombing crisis pregnancy centers across the United States of America? Just how committed to murder are these people? Just how committed to baby murder are these people? Well, I think an abortion witness in front of Congress actually summed it up pretty well. But what these restrictions are intended to do is try and make people, try and stop people from having abortions. But abortion is health care. Um, my abortion was the best decision I ever made. It was an act of self-love. The best decision I ever made, an act of self-love. I will tell you by the grace of God, I, I do know women. There are women in my life who have frankly had one before. And the guilt ravages them. And it shouldn't, because there's forgiveness and redemption and all those things, but the guilt ravages them. I'm grateful I've never met one who had one and said, woohoo, best thing I ever did. Which leads me to you. Where are you sending your child that you spent 18 years raising? Are you sending your child off to be educated by people like this? You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist? Thank and that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? You can sit and be horrified by that ghoul sitting there, but you should also know that lady is a law professor at Berkeley. Are you sending Aiden, Jaden, and Braden off to Berkeley to get an education? Maybe we should start being a lot smarter where we send our children after we spend 18 years raising them, no? That probably made you uncomfortable too, but I'm still right. And here's something else that'll make you uncomfortable. Those inflation numbers I read you at the beginning of the show about food, well, I mean, you heard Carol Roth. There's a great chance some of that food's just simply not going to be, be there anymore. These collapses, they happen really fast. You ever talk to someone who lived through the Great Depression? I have. I've interviewed them before. They still can goods in their 80s and 90s. What do you have for food? Maybe you don't know what to get. Look, I'm no expert on it. I wouldn't know what to get. But I go to my Patriot Supply. If you go to preparewithjessikelly.com right now, preparewithjessikelly.com, that'll get you, they hooked me up, that'll get you a three-month emergency food supply for $150 off. Preparewithjessikelly.com, save $150. We're talking about 2,000 calories a day. That's life for you. 
your family. Get one for yourself, your spouse, your kids. Preparewithjessikelly.com. We'll be back. Last week, we brought on my friend Raheem Kassam, who's going to join me in a second to talk to us about Sam Britton. He's in Joe Biden's Department of Energy. He's high up in Joe Biden's Department of Energy. He also is apparently a circus freak with a very dark history with websites like ugh, rentboy.com. That's just gross. I really, if I never have to say that word again on the show, I'd be a very happy man. Joining me now, my friend, editor-in-chief of the National Pulse. If you want real investigative reporting, highly recommend signing up to go read the National Pulse every day like I do. Raheem, do we have an update on uh, whatever that thing is in the Department of Energy? I think, talking about real investigative news, you just said if you don't have to say it on air ever again, why are you saying it off air, Jesse? That's what the <laughs> audience wants to know, redboy.com. Say it never again. How about that? Um, look, there's going to be lots of continuous updates, I think, with Sam Brinton, because um, last week we learned that there was a whistleblower complaint against uh, his hiring process. So we decided, in fact, we decided before we found out about that complaint, to look into what the hiring process was. Uh, who is Sam Brinton, really? How did he get involved in this very high-paying government job? Uh, what are his qualifications? What does his resume look like? And we found out a couple of really interesting things. So Sam Brinton is actually an extremely highly paid government worker. He actually finds himself in the top 1% of all government workers with his $180,000 a year salary. But that isn't the be-all and end-all of what we found out about Mr. Brinton. You see, we looked into his security clearance, and it turns out that Sam Brinton, brought into the government just this year in January, actually has the most sensitive top level of security clearance in the Department of Energy, oh. that is a Q-level clearance. The Q-level clearances are only given to people who handle information, strategic uh, information and data that could, if they fell into the wrong hands, um, irreparably really harm US national security. So the person who you're seeing on your screens at the moment uh, is the very person who is handling that kind of information. And I think with those new developments in mind, the public will especially want to know what has happened to this whistleblower complaint. Uh, did the Inspector General of the Department take it up? Is there an ongoing investigation into this? Uh, were there any other complainants to this case? Uh, and I think uh, a lot of this information is going to force answers out of the Department of Energy. And I'll say it again, there's more to come on Sam Brinton. Oh, man. All right. I'll, I'll be keeping you, keeping read up on all that. Let me ask you about something else when it comes to all this online grossness out there. 4chan, I still don't even know what that is. I'm so old. 4chan, whatever, whoever that is, he or they uh, apparently hacked Hunter Biden's iCloud. And anybody who's on social media has been treated by a barrage of very gross videos and pictures. Hunter Biden apparently never wears clothes and also records every illegal thing he's ever done in his entire life. It's Hunter Biden with crack. It's Hunter Biden with ladies of the night. That's how we're going to put it. Ladies of the night. Hunter Biden's crooked business deals. And then there's pedo Peter. Now, that's not my word. That's a word that's on here. Raheem? Who's Pedo Peter? Mm. Uh, that is the, um, I think, should be the biggest question in the media today, uh, besides why is inflation really in the double digits and being hidden. But Pedo Pete is the name saved in one of the iCloud devices. That is the um, you know, online backup of Apple products. Uh, that was found as a as a uh, um, ancillary part of this investigation into the laptop from hell. Um, 4chan, by the way, this website that, that has found all of this information, or rather that was used to upload all of this information to, have been going through a lot of the contacts in the iCloud backups. And it's not, it's still not entirely clear 
whether or not this was a device that belonged to uh, Hunter or belonged to one of the uh, children uh, of either Hunter or Bo Biden. So pedo Peter, right now, there are two theories about this. I have a theory, which is that actually when I first went through the laptop, I found out, and we published a story on this on The Pulse uh, about two years ago now, that um, Peter Henderson is the nickname of Joe Biden. The family uses that nickname for him. He uses that nickname for himself. He has an email address that corresponds with that nickname. And so when pedo Pete came up, uh, I, re- I, I immediately went to this information on for, oh my goodness, the family refers to the president of the United States as a pedophile. The other theory about this is that it was one of the children's devices and it was actually engaged in a text message chain that looked like it came from Hunter himself. So another theory goes that Hunter is pedo Peter. But I think we want answers to this question because now we've seen the Ashley Biden diary and and the the FBI effectively corroborated that by raiding Project Veritas's headquarters for it. Uh, We know all the details of the laptop from hell and what's on there. Uh, And now we see, I mean, we obviously know how Joe Biden has comported himself in public quite freely over the last several decades. And now this, Pedo Peter. So when will when will a corporate media news organization that that tells us that they print all the news that's fit bother to dig their their hands into their grubby hands, by the way, into this and get some real answers about why the family of Joe Biden is referring to somebody in that family as Pedo Peter? Raheem, obviously you guys do real investigative reporting there, and people who do real investigative reporting get frustrated because the mainstream media doesn't pick these things up, major stories. I mean, I can't count how many major stories you've uncovered and they won't pick it up, but sometimes the story gets so big, they are forced to start reporting on it. This Hunter Biden stuff seems like it's getting big enough that they're going to have to start digging in a little, right? Yeah, the problem with the Hunter Biden stuff now, though, is that it's very clearly being weaponized by the Democrats who want to get rid of Joe Biden so that they can have an actual chance at the presidency next time around, uh, especially if the, the you know crazy rules that were followed at the last election are actually stopped and rectified. Um, the right now has this choice to make. Does it pursue justice and does it pursue, you know, the moral good in terms of doing all of this reporting? Or do they want to keep PDOP, I mean, Joe Biden in the Oval Office and, and on that debate stage or, or, or whatever the Democrats choose to do is their how to pick their next candidate for president, knowing full well that whoever stands against him, uh, Hunter could stand against him, quite frankly, uh, and beat him. So it's 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 a political choice, and and that's a difficult one that's being thrown around Washington D.C. right now. Raheem, just your personal opinion on this, because we talk about this stuff. If you decide Joe's not your guy, obviously that's not exactly a groundbreaking decision. I get that Joe Biden's a disaster, but that also means you have to have a guy, right? Who's the guy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know right now. And and I think we're, we're probably too far away to start thinking about that because, as I was telling somebody uh, yesterday, uh, my fear is that actually we should be looking at our own guys right now. I mean, I am a conservative and I am yet to see anything from the current Republican apparatus uh, that tells me, hey, everything's going to be great in January when they when they supposedly win their red wave election and get to work on the things that matter. Uh, they are resting on their laurels. I am not conser- I'm not convinced that they have a full uh, legislative agenda uh, that's come together yet. And you're so close to the midterms that there should have been one already. So look, I think we'll cross that that who's the Democrat nominee going to be when we come to it. I think a lot of people are asking the question, who's the Republican nominee going to be as well? Uh, Donald Trump himself has alluded to, well, hey, look, if he's not healthy enough to. Do it he might not do it everybody thinks he is going to at the moment but again you have to cross that bridge when you come to it the biggest bridge that the republicans have to cross right now in my mind is proving that they're worth a dime that's that's a tough tough road to hoe for them as we say raheem kassam national pulse thank you my friend thank you jesse all right normally on lighten the mood we lighten the mood it's funny or whatnot not today It's National French Friday, and it's time for you and me to have a serious talk about the fries we should be eating and the fries we shouldn't be eating. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now, where should you buy your French fries? I don't know. Don't ask me. Ask Public SQ. Public SQ. We talk 
all the time about putting our money where our morals are. I'm not going to spend money with this company because they hate me. I'm going to spend money with this company because I know they stand up and fight for me. But how do you do that in your own personal life, wherever you live? Big city, rural, how do you do that? You don't know. Do, your, do the owners of the companies put a list of their political beliefs up on the door so you can check them off? No. Public SQ knows. Public SQ has compiled and continues to compile every single day a list of businesses in your area that share your values. Talk about the ultimate tool for putting your money where your morals are. Go to Public SQ in the App Store and download it today. Apple, Google, whatever you got. Public SQ. We'll be back. Time to lighten the mood. It's National French Fry Day, baby, and too many of you have been eating garbage French fries for too long. So me, the menu whisperer, Jesse Kelly, I'm going to educate you on the who's who and what's what of French fries. Before we get to that, let's make sure you don't get evicted from your house while you're eating your French fries. That would be a bummer, right? When I talk about home title theft, I think a lot of people were under the impression this is rare. This is the cybercrime that's sweeping the country. It's so lucrative. When you think about it, your home title, it's not in a bank. It's online. They're all online now. They hack into it. They forge your signature on it. And then they take it to lending institutions and take loans out against your bank, against your home. But they're gone for two, three months before anyone knows a crime has been committed. You start getting late notices, eviction notices in the mail. You, you don't know what's going on. They're already gone. And there's no way to stop it except for home title lock. They'll detect any tampering to your home title and shut it down like that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up so they don't do it to you. HomeTitleLock.com. Now, let us begin with National French Friday. We're going to do a little top five for you here. One, well, that's not true. Five, number five. We do our own sound effects on the show. Waffle fries. Now, maybe you're outraged already. I understand that. Maybe you're a huge waffle fry fan. Waffle fries have the benefit of having such a great area with little holes in the waffle fry. So when you dip it in the ranch, as I know you probably do, when you dip it in the ranch, you get enough ranch in each waffle fry. It's just the ultimate dipping fry. It's a great fry. It would be number one, to be frank, except they're always soggy. Waffle fries are crispy for about a half a second. You basically have to eat the waffle fry while sitting in the deep fryer if you want a chance at a crispy waffle fry. So that's why they're number five. Number four, tater tots. I love tater tots. You may say that's childish. That's fine. I'm childish. I enjoy tater tots. Number three, shoestring fries. Why do people do these disgusting, huge, thick-cut fries? Did I order a baked potato? No, I didn't. I ordered the fries. Fries should be thin. Fries should be thin. Two, frankly, could have been number one. And it's criminal, criminal how rare these things are. Double fried fries. Have you ever been to a place that double fries the fries? There's this extra layer of crisp on the outside of it. They're perfect every single time. Double fried fries. And finally, the number one king of fries, and there's, this is not really debatable, seasoned curlies. Oh, Arby's, Jack in the Box, some, some local, if you can find some local greasy spoon that serves burgers and seasoned curlies, the best. Now, maybe you're sitting there asking, hey, Jesse, wh what's the worst fries out there? Well, why do I have to tell you? You should already know. Don't embarrass yourself. It's sweet potato fries. The wife tries to serve these up at the house, too. It's a healthier option. And the kids and me have to sit there and drown them in ketchup or ranch or whatever and act like we're enjoying them. We're never enjoying them. Sweet potato fries are wretched. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. 
Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans because all veterans who served honorably, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. 